This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, this is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, Whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe Within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe betterhelp.com slash vibe go start online therapy dm me on instagram let me know how it's going and i hope that you get the help the support and the healing that you deserve welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen each week we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness yoga addictions spirituality mental health rituals and everything in between the goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives my mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically emotionally and spiritually whatever you are going through in this moment you are not alone So let's connect and heal our vibe within. This is your host, Gab Cohen. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing and rating and sharing with your friends because that's what it's about, especially when it comes to new podcasts. I have been getting lots of DMs and requests for certain topics and questions and um I was really inspired by all of the yoga teacher training type questions that you guys had, um, specifically based around sequencing and more of the nitty gritty of becoming a yoga teacher for new teachers, just getting your foot in the door and a lot of um, a lot of specific questions based around teaching. So I got super inspired and decided to make a yoga teacher training episode part two. So if you haven't listened to the the first episode that was all about teacher training and choosing your training and how to teach and how to get a job after teacher training, um, you can always listen to that one too and you'll get a lot of information from that, I think that between that episode and this episode, you'll feel a lot more comfortable and confident going and starting teaching because I know how it is when you become a new teacher. Um, it's really scary to just be like, okay, yeah, I will teach that class. Okay, yes, I will sub that class for you um, because you're, you're double guessing and you're questioning your ability to teach an amazing class and In reality, um, none of us are going to feel 100% ready when you come out of teacher training. That's just the way it is. And with a little bit of motivation and, you know, breaking it down for you and just giving you my personal advice, um, I've been teaching for about five years and I'm just breaking down everything in this episode. It's all about how to you know, walk into the yoga space, how to take control of the energy in the space, um, sequencing, you know, catering to your to your class, uh, being able to teach beginners and advanced people in the same class and layers and expressions and uh, making playlists and body reading and I get I get really into it in this episode and I think it's really going to help a lot of you guys who are kind of like just about ready to teach and like I said, we're never ready so you might as well just start now and not really overthink it too much and just dive into it because honestly, it's the more 
the more practice and the more classes that you dive into, the better and the easier it will become. One piece of advice that I'll give you in this intro is that you should just go start taking as many classes as you can, especially if you're looking for a teaching job because that will submerge you into the yoga cultures and yoga communities within your area. And the more classes that you go to, the more sequences and the more playlists and the more energy and more examples are going to absorb into your brain. So you'll have more ideas, you'll get inspired, um, and that's the best way to really tap into your own true teacher power. Um, You're not going to get fresh ideas and and new sequences and, you know, different ways of describing a posture by being at home and doing a self-practice and I know that might not be what a lot of you guys want to hear but in order to open your mind and learn new postures and different ways of you know trans transferring into those postures and different cues and different techniques and you know this is this is how you broaden your teaching horizon is by going and taking as many classes as you can and for the first year of of my practice I took classes every single day and that's why I think it became very easy for me and almost second nature and and natural when I went into my teacher training so that's huge and important to go and take as many classes as you can So before I get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who um, sends me sweet DMs and and motivational, you know, DMs and memes and stuff that's funny. Like, I really enjoy connecting with all of you guys on Instagram. And if you don't follow me yet on Instagram, it's gypsyloveflow, all one word. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I really appreciate the support that I get from you guys, and I feel like you guys are just friends like it's not we're not really strangers because we're engaging in personal and serious conversations in dms and comments and i share a lot of personal stuff in my posts so i feel like we all truly do know each other and we're all vibing together even though we live all over the world or the country and it's pretty awesome so i just really appreciate your energy I appreciate you spending time with me and listening to my podcasts, especially in the beginning because they're solo episodes and um, soon we're going to have a lot more guests and interviews and I have a lot of really awesome people lined up, um, friends and entrepreneurs and doctors and holistic healers and just all sorts of amazing, amazing guests. So let's just hop right into it. We're just going to get right into this yoga part two episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys like it. Go get a pen and paper and take notes um, because this is going to be one that's really going to help you feel that extra push to go and start teaching. All right. So for those of you who are new teachers, welcome to teaching yoga. Congratulations if you got through teacher training. Your entire world is opening up and I'm sure you feel that shift in the energy um, in your life. And you're stepping into an industry that is full of amazing, amazing connections and helping people, which ultimately helps yourself and it's very therapeutic to be a yoga teacher. So even though, you know, you go into a class and you might not do the entire yoga class, maybe you just show like a few postures the entire hour you're there, I still always feel the benefits of going and taking a class after teaching. It gives me that same euphoric high, it gives me that same yogi high, it makes me feel amazing and well, let's get right into it. So first thing, when you walk into the space, when you walk into the yoga room, that's going to set the tone of the energy of the room. So whether you've had a shitty morning or you rushed to the studio, you kind of have to put this 
this front on that you're smooth, you're walking in, you feel good. Because if you walk into a class and you are rushing and you're running in there and then you, you put on your music and you, like that's just not cool. Like there needs to be a chill factor. And if you're running late, it happens. Don't run into the room. That is like the worst thing that you could do. Like it's all good. People are late. You can make a joke about it or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't even matter. People, people really don't care if you're if you're late. Now, it's different if you're like a half hour late. Then obviously, like that's a whole other story. But walking into the space and demanding um, that energy that that you walk in there with um, that's very important. How you walk into the room is how the class is going to react to you. So if you walk into the room and you're feeling very mopey and depressed and feeling like shit, chances are the class is going to feel very closed off and they're not going to um, give you as much energy as maybe they could in in the class. That's just how it is. Um, And when I walk into the room, I like to just take a scan of the room and, and just see who's in there, the age group, you know, it's not like it's not that I'm judging, but I like to have an idea of when I look at people, I I like to say, okay, maybe that person has a deep practice. Maybe that person hasn't practiced yoga before. I just like to have a a clear image of who I'm teaching that day. If I see anybody who is overweight, if I see anybody who is older and injured, then I make sure that everyone has blocks, bolsters, blankets, whatever they need. And when I walk into the class, that's actually the first thing that I always say is, hey guys, how we doing? Um, everybody grab two blocks, a bolster, or whatever it is that you need for your, for your class. But I always try to have people have two blocks. Why? Because most of the time people need them. And especially like in a standing split or something, having one block isn't enough. Like like putting both hands on one block is just not enough. And having one hand on each block right under your shoulders and standing split, now that's a nice way to get into standing split. So just setting your, your class up and making sure that everyone has all that stuff so that you know, in the in the middle of class when you're getting into like standing split, for example, and some like five people need blocks, you don't feel the urge um, to go and run and get blocks and bring them to everyone. That's not your job. Okay. Like, yeah, once in a while, that's fine. Go go grab a block or a bolster for somebody because they forgot and it's fine. But that is the student's job to be aware when they walk in the studio to listen to the teacher and get set up with everything with everything that they need. It happens a lot um, when people don't want to grab blocks and bolsters and stuff like that because they feel like they don't need them. And then, you know, halfway into the class, I have to bring them a block. And I also don't don't want to make them feel uncomfortable by going and bringing them a block. And maybe they're like, oh, wow, everyone's looking at me and now I need a block, you know even though that's that's not like the correct way to like look at it um i just don't want to offend anybody so it's always nice for everyone to have all of their things around them and then that's it so if you have to say it once twice three times do it people are in their own little world and they walk into a yoga class and it takes a few moments to really get everybody like situated so one thing is that i want to talk about is teaching at multiple studios Um, I have taught at many different studios and right now I teach at two studios um, and both of them have very different different energies and vibes. So understanding the style and the energy that each studio requires is very important as a teacher. You want to be catering to that studio. You want to be catering to the students. Um, yes, there is a lot of freedom when it comes to teaching yoga, but you, there's a time and a place for certain types of classes. For example, I teach at Equinox, and that class is usually packed, 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 like to the brim. Um, so many bodies, the breath is so loud, it's like insane energy because it's just filled with people. There's a lot of dudes that take that class as well. 
So that class usually is way more power and Agni and fire. And um, the music is going to be usually more trendy, maybe like electronic. Like I can play whatever I want. I've played rock. I've played, you know, I've played reggae. Like really there's no, there's no limit there. But I like to make it more fiery and upbeat because that's why people are coming to my class. I've noticed why people keep coming back and it's because they like being challenged and then if you're teaching at another studio that maybe has an older crowd or it's more of like a traditional type studio or maybe you just know the vibe of the students and they they enjoy more of a yin and vinyasa kind of fusion like you have to cater to what what's going on um you know, if it's if it's a packed class, that's that's kind of my my go ahead to make it intense because since there's so many bodies, um, it's hard for people to feel like everyone's staring at them. It's it's actually more comforting when there's a ton of bodies around because then like the person who's struggling doesn't feel like everyone's looking at them like there's just so much energy going on that you don't even realize when it's a smaller class like say three four or five people I like to make it a slow powerful vinyasa with elements of hatha and yin at the end I also enjoy making the sequence have longer holds and strengthening postures and then like you know, five or ten minutes of like more of a faster flow. It's it's you just really have to like see what the what you think the class needs, and that's part of being a yoga teacher is being intuitive and being able to read bodies and understand what people need. You know, if I walk into a class, and this rarely happens, but just for an example, if I walk into a class and I know for a fact that like pretty much everyone is new, new to yoga, like super new, like hasn't practiced before, maybe they're overweight, maybe they're older, this is a clear cut sign that I'm going to be making the sequence a level one class. It's going to be very basic because that's what they need. You know what I mean? It's just common sense. So let's move into sequencing. I got a lot of questions from you guys on how to sequence. And so it's smart to have some sort of skeleton sequence that will help you just have like an overview of what you're going to teach. And with, within each part of your class, you can always add postures and like different transitions and stuff like that. To me, that's the fun part. So... I usually like to start my classes in a certain way. I usually like to start them, you know, warming up slowly, obviously, um, and not jumping right into the fast movement. So I'll give the student about five to eight minutes to feel where they are in their body that day or their injuries or whatever. Like, I like to come into a down dog, um, you know, after we've done like cat cow and, you know, whatever, um, down dog, you know, bend one knee, bend the other, take any organic movements that feel good to you. Like, you know, you want to encourage the class to move around and that and feel good. Like, you don't want to feel like this is how you have to move and this is it. And like you, you want to give them some freedom because then that makes them respect you a lot more because they feel like you're truly there for them, which is why you are there. You're there to make them feel good. Um, and when you give them lots of options and lots of cues, it kind of helps them stay present in their body. So I talk a lot in my classes. There are some people who don't like to talk too, too much, but I like to give lots of and lots of cues and I like to talk some spirituality too like within it so um yeah so after like your your warm-up I like to do either like a forward fold or maybe like cat cow come to down dog move around a little bit you should know all your cues for down dog um I like to this is how I usually start the class inhale reach the right leg up and back, bend the knee, open the hip for three-legged dog, 
step it all the way through on the exhale keep your hands down either on the mat or on blocks and just start to bend the front knee a little bit each time while the back leg is still straight your hips are still square you're allowing them to get into their body with a little bit of movement and the breath so right away you're getting into the hips which is sometimes the most tight part of you know the body and with that little bit of movement in the low lunge it feels nice um, do that on both sides you know you can do a low lunge with the back knee down you can do a heart opener like just allowing them to feel not rushed but getting that movement and getting that opening in for me I don't feel called to open the class with a bunch of sun salutations like yeah that's a great way to open a class it's traditional it's beautiful it's it's a great way to open the body but over the years I've just gotten so bored with sun salutations that I like to switch it up I like to do like non-traditional yoga like there's so many different ways that we can move our body and yoga has a certain postures and stuff like that but there's there's no rules that say you have to start the class with you know 10 sun salutations and then 10 warrior one sun salutations like to me that's just boring and it and then again it depends on the studio if you work at an ashtanga based studio then maybe that's how you should start like it's really based on the style and what is expected and and desired from the studio and the students so that's something to really like knowing it's like marketing like knowing your brand knowing your audience knowing your your market and selling a product that they're gonna love and that's the class that's your product so um again with sequencing we're adding on now it's not about how cool the sequence looks okay it's gotta feel good it doesn't matter how challenging and cool and weird and unique the sequence is because for me, if I go to a class and even though I'm I'm a, an advanced student and I've been practicing for five or six years, six years, I don't necessarily enjoy going to a class and having the teacher like bop us around like yoga dolls just because it like looks cool or like maybe they feel cool because they're creating like a sequence that you would never ever think of if it doesn't feel natural and it feels like wait where are we going now we were just in we were just in a lunge and now we're doing this like how do how does that make sense or that doesn't feel right you want to know if the transitions are feeling natural or just not right and again that takes practice it takes going to classes it takes seeing what you like and what you don't like um it's got to make sense for the body to be moving from a certain posture to the next it just that's just the way it is if if you feel like the class isn't being challenged enough or they look bored then that's your sign to amp it up okay like start doing some yogi crunches start doing some planks side plank do some core do some shit that's going to make them really have to breathe deep that's what i do when i see that the class is like not breathing especially that's like one of my biggest pet peeves when i walk into a class and it's it's full of people and i don't hear the breath from anyone i start having them do yogi push-ups where you literally have to breathe i start putting them in chair pose for 10 breaths i start putting them in side planks and plank dips and yogi push-ups and crunches and high lunges and all these things with like movement so that they are forced to start really breathing. Um, you can tell if, if they're not being challenged enough by like the look in their eyes or their body language or if they're looking around the room, if they're yawning, if you know what I mean? Like everyone has a different practice but you want to make sure that you're challenging most of the class you don't want to be killing them but you don't want them just getting through the class like oh that was easy that's not why people go to yoga they want to get challenged unless you're going to yin or restorative which is a different type of challenge like it's still challenging but in a different way so you're picking up on what the class needs that's that's huge understanding 
what kind of sequence should come next and okay I feel like they they would really dig this next and I feel like okay maybe maybe if they're suffering right now and you you feel like their breath is all crazy come to child's pose you know it's it's all about catering to what they need and as you're teaching you're going to realize that everybody is at a different part of their practice a different level of their practice so layers and expressions are super super important always give the class options sometimes two layers sometimes four layers depending on how advanced the class is so you know like if you are coming into a twist a chair twist you can the first layer is the twist Second layer is opening the arms. Third layer is side crow. That way you give the class options. Okay, when you give the class options, people who haven't taken yoga before or who are new to yoga are going to automatically think that they need to go to the next layer that you just said because they are looking around the room and they are doing what other people are doing because they feel like that's what they should be doing and they're not they're not really listening to what you're saying they're they're doing what they think that they should be doing so be sure when you're calling out the layers to vocalize that it isn't about what their neighbor is doing you know if anyone needs to stay in the first layer then own it commit to the layer and breathe Use your blocks, do whatever you need to do. It's not about forcing your body out and into something that you've never done before. This is about honoring your body, feeling good, and getting stronger. So that will usually help people realize that this is way more than just what everyone else is doing, and it's more about them. You know, saying these things out loud is what they need to hear. Resist looking around the room. Don't worry what your neighbor is doing. Don't worry what I'm doing. Pretend you're the only person in this space. Um, a good technique to help people stop comparing their postures um, to someone else's is by saying, you know, put your blinders on, get into your tunnel vision, and get into your practice. Pretend you're the only person here. You know, connect to your intention. You know, get deeper than just the physical posture make it deeper, make it emotional, make it make it a spiritual practice. You know, I usually say we're all here to feel good. It's so much more than just the physical postures. It's about the mental work. It's about making our mind and body both strong, okay? It really takes effort to tell people what to do in a nice and professional and spiritual way. Um and if that's, if that's challenging for you, then I think that you should start going, again, go to as many classes as you can and start taking classes from really amazing teachers because you're going to hear the words that they say and that's your homework. So, like, that's your homework, going into a class and having your intention being, okay, I'm going to listen to the words that the yoga teacher is saying. I'm going to listen to how they how they analyze things and how they speak things into existence so that the student can absorb it and sometimes it means that you have to explain things three different types of ways just like when you're cueing you don't just get them into the posture and give them one cue that is, that's all they need they need you know sometimes five or ten cues for a posture because certain people aren't aren't even aware of certain parts of their body so that's, that's another thing to think about. Um, another thing with sequencing, bringing variety to the class. Obviously, this is very important. And I know that you guys know this is important. But even though you feel like in the beginning of when you're teaching that maybe you want to stick to your skeleton sequence, you know, you got to start somewhere. And it's fine to have that skeleton sequence, but staying in your comfort zone and only doing certain postures and flows that, that you feel 100% comfortable with, that's not going to get you anywhere because you need, you need to test it out in the field. You need to be adding different postures within your skeleton sequence little by little so you know how it feels while you're teaching it 
with your students, not just away. Um, a lot of teaching is trial and error. And if, you know, in your skeleton sequence, you, you decide that you want to bring them into a posture and subconsciously you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's fine. Just keep going. Don't ever tell them to come out of it and like rewind. That to me is just like, no, that's, that's a huge no-no when you're teaching. Um, they're going to lose respect for you. They're going to not take you seriously. And they're going to probably lose their awareness and their connection to you as a teacher. Before we get deeper into the second part of the episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about a CBD company that I love so much, um, Tonic CBD. And this is a company that I have been using for about two years. It's actually one of the first CBD companies that I've tried, and I fell in love with her tinctures from the moment I started them. And they're kind of more unique than a lot of the brands that you see out there because she handcrafts them with different types of ingredients um, that add on a lot of healing properties. So I really like the OG tincture. That's actually my favorite one. And basically it's a hemp tincture, but it also has amazing things like ashwagandha, black seed oil, hemp oil, and pure maple, which makes it sweet. So it kind of has like a, a syrupy feel. Um, if you check out their Instagram too, like all their pictures are so dope and kind of like trippy and, you know, cannabis inspired and trendy and edgy and just the whole image of their company is so dope and young and free spirited. Um, I like that OG tincture a lot because it's actually awakening. So it's known to make a, make you feel balanced, awakened, and rejuvenated. Also helps with anxiety and depression because ashwagandha is in it. And there is so many health benefits when it comes to ashwagandha. It's like endless. Just Google ashwagandha and you're going to be so amazed. Um, another tincture that I really love is the chill tincture and that one's really nice I take it before I before going to sleep it's also a little bit sweet it has lemon balm oil in it and also has ashwagandha it's really nice and it, it gives me really good dreams so I've noticed that whenever I take it before bed I have a nice smooth almost light and airy sleep um and i get really weird dreams sometimes like i'm one of those people who can have like the best dream ever one night and then the next night have a terrifying dream and that puts me in such a weird mood so if i can do anything that will give me better dreams i am all about it so if you're interested in checking out tonic cbd you can go check them out on instagram tonic underscore cbd so on instagram it's at tonic underscore cbd or if you want to go online you can check them out at tonicvibes.com and you can use my discount code gypsylove for a discount at checkout you can use my discount code gypsylove that's g-y-p-s-y-l-o-v-e for tonic cbd so in the very beginning of when i first started teaching even though i wasn't super experienced i pretended that i knew what i was doing and walking in the room with confidence and owning my shit and owning my vibe that helped me so much and it's just i feel like that's just who i am like i don't i didn't want to make people think oh who was this little girl coming in and teaching us yoga like Sometimes you really do have to fake it till you make it. And I know that that has so many buzzwords, you know, based around that, <laughs> that um, saying. 
but it's true you know sometimes you have to tell yourself that you're amazing even if you feel like you're not the best that you can be who fucking cares walk in there like you own that shit and people are going to trust you and vibe with you and love your class um, make them feel like they can trust you and that's that starts with the energy that you bring into the environment um, another thing when dealing with your class and walking around the room is that in the beginning of your teaching career you're going to feel like you have to demonstrate everything and at first when you begin teaching it is easier to demonstrate and cue because when you're in your body and you're doing the posture it's just easier to have the words come out and they flow easier but the deeper you get into your teaching career you're going to realize that you're going to exhaust yourself to the point of like you you literally can't do everything in classes nor are you supposed to I, I wouldn't want to go to a class where the, where the teacher was doing the entire class with us. That's just kind of weird. I would want the teacher to be walking around the room, making adjustments, body reading, you know, making sure the music is good. Just like, it's just weird if the teacher is standing on a mat in the front of the room and that's it. And like, they're there, like, that means that I feel like they're way too much in their head and they're not there for the, the class, they're there for them. And in order to step out of that, you have to just be comfortable with being at all sides of the room. I don't really like standing in front of the class when, when they're in a standing posture facing the front of the room because it's like, oh, hey, look at me, I'm right here. Like no like it's not about me it's about them so I like to get kind of out of the way and I like to be on the sides of the room I like to squat sometimes I'll sit sometimes it's easier to body read when you're lower to the ground um, because again with body reading you're not reading their face it doesn't matter what they're doing with their face it's about their body it's about their adjustments you want to make sure that they're in the posture in the correct way if you feel like you're not getting your point across with verbal cues, then you can go over to the person, make a physical adjustment. But that's why I like being lower to the ground, maybe like in a frog squat or something like that, because you can see what's going on in the body. Um, it's, it's not about being super high up by their head. You want to be lower to the ground. You want to see how their, how their structure is from the ground up. Um, and I like to be in the back of the room sometimes. Like, I don't want them to feel like I'm standing in the front of the room staring at them. You know, I want them to feel comfortable. And it's about moving around the room. It's, you don't want to stay in one spot because that's weird too. You want to be walking and flowing around the room and just making them feel comfortable. Music. This is a huge thing. Music is going to help you with your energy. It's going to give you energy. It's going to put you in a good mood. And no one said that you have to bring, you know, boring yoga music into your class because you're a new yoga teacher. Like, this is where your, your personality and this is where your uniqueness can really shine and come out because the music that you play for your class, that's going to tell them kind of like who you are. And I feel like in my personal experience, that's how I get my mood across. So if I'm like feeling kind of depressed or I'm feeling very emotional one day and I put on a few Radiohead songs in my in my yoga class, like, I don't know, like people just, just feel that vibe. And like if there's a day where I'm feeling really airy and I put on a few reggae songs or a few like electronic songs, the mood of the class is progressively changing with the music so that's something to take into consideration you don't want the music you don't want your playlist to be too sporadic like you don't want it to be um like a rock song and then all of a sudden it's like a dj drez song or then then going into like a rap kind of song like you want it to be cohesive you want it to have the same kind of genre throughout the class 
at least for me, that's that's what I like. It kind of just has it more organized as far as the energy goes. Um, this is 2019. People like variety, and I feel like it's a great way to connect with students through music. I get tons of students who come up to me after class about my rad playlists, and they ask me like where they can find them and who did this song, and it's a really perfect way to get a feel for what kind of vibe they enjoyed. Um, if I get like a really amazing reaction with a certain playlist, then chances are I'm going to make more playlists like that one. Um, and then that just falls back into the category of catering to your classes and giving them what they want because it's about them. And if you want your class to be packed and filled and your studio to see how big your numbers are with your classes, you want to give them what they want and you want to challenge them and you want to bring fresh stuff to the table for them each week. Music is emotional, so that is, that's what I use to lure them in, honestly. Like, yeah, I'm a great teacher. Yeah, I know how to speak and communicate and cue and flow and sequence, but the music is what really helps me dive into their mood. Um, you know, a class can feel like an emotional roller coaster. You're going to absorb people's energies in the room and with music, it's a great way to kind of control the energy and the mood in the room. So if you're feeling like people are just feeling way too intense and negative and dark and like heavy, then I would switch the song to something lighter. If you're feeling like everyone is vibing and feeling really good and maybe it's time to like go into a more challenging sequence and part of the class, put on some dubstep, put on some electronic, put on some rock. Like you want you want the class to be constantly thriving. You don't want it to be like one consistent yoga song. It's like I just rather go take a fucking nap. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just that's personally how I feel. I if I went to a class and it was just like yoga music in a power yoga class or vinyasa, I'd just be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I I want to hear variety. I want to hear I want to hear the teacher's personality come out through the playlist because that's how I really connect with the teacher and like I'm like, "Oh, okay. I like their vibe. Cool. They're playing this. Awesome." Yeah. Like it's just how it is. Um, you know, you're, let's move on into a different subject. So when you have students in the room who, um, who come, who come to your class a lot. So there have been times when, you know, I, I have a class and it's full of people who I know and that's great, but that's not how every class is going to be. And it's a lot easier to teach to people who you already know, obviously. Um, there's there's people who come take my class and like the entire time I'm thinking that the student like legit hates me and everything that I'm teaching and they hate the sequence, they hate the music and I just start judging myself hardcore. Um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to not take things seriously when you're teaching and to not take things personally when you're when you're teaching. Um, but it, you have to learn how to separate from that. Um, there have been times, like I said, when I think that that a student hates everything about my class. But then after the class is over, that same student will come up to me and be like, oh, my God, that was the best class that I've ever had. Like, that just goes to show us that we can't take anything too personally and we have no fucking clue what is going on in that student's world, in that that student's universe. And they could just be going through a really traumatic time in their life and maybe they have resting bitch face. Maybe they have resting intense person face. You know what I mean? Like, you never know. Um so I like to give the student the benefit of the doubt and just assume that they're going through like a really crazy fucking time. And at, if at the end of the class they still have weird energy, I just let it go. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't make everybody happy. Um, that's not my purpose in life to make every single person who takes my class completely blissfully happy. Like that's not even possible. 
You probably won't see them again if you feel like they really hated your class and whatever. Um, now, on the contrary, this is, this is a whole other thing. I have had students that come to my class um, regularly, and sometimes I feel like they, they've never really liked my energy, but they still come because they like the class. Um, there was a student, and I'm not going to describe, describe her or anything, but um, they told the desk that I kept teaching the same sequence every week, which wasn't true. Um, she was coming maybe every few weeks, once every month, and it wasn't really that consistent. So she probably just thought that I was teaching the same thing all the time, but that's really not the way that I work. I teach like way too many classes to teach the same thing over and over again. I would go insane. Um, I need to switch it up constantly. But that same student, um, she kept coming every every week after that, and I caught her um, laughing to herself and shaking her head when I would lead the class into a, a certain sequence. Now. I didn't know, maybe maybe she was thinking about something that happened that day, or maybe she was laughing at her internal dialogue, or, you know, whatever, but I'm pretty sure that she was laughing at me in a way, and it felt very, very disrespectful. Um, as a yoga teacher, I can sense things much easier now and intensely, and I've reached like this ultimate high of being intuitive and clairvoyant and I can somewhat read people's minds through their eyes and their body language and their eye contact, especially if I know them. And since I had taught this girl, you know, a handful of times and the fact that she said that to the desk, I kind of just put two and two together and I was like, she's literally laughing at me as I'm teaching her yoga and giving her my energy. So I had to kind of shut myself off um, from caring and just not give a fuck that she was laughing and I just found it very rude and I had to just let it go and shake it off after practice and do some grounding and centering um, rituals. But, you know, if there's a on the other side, you know, if there's tons of students who are my regulars in the room, the practice is going to feel so amazing, and that's that's one of the best feelings of when you walk into your class and it's just all your regulars and all your yogis and your community, and it, it honestly is so therapeutic when you walk into a class and, like, all your homies are there. It's like you're just teaching your friends. It's, there's no pressure. It's fun. It's, it's supposed to be fun, and I have so much fun when I teach that it doesn't feel like I'm even working. It feels like I'm getting high off life. It's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, so like the deeper into your yoga career, you're going to realize that teaching a full room of students that you know is like so welcoming and comforting and that natural high and you're going to have gratitude for those classes. You're going to have so much gratitude because there's a there's a definite difference between those classes and then teaching a room full of people that you don't know. It's very very different. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but it that's one of the biggest challenges. Let's move on um to one of the last things which is creating playlists so i wouldn't worry about this right now especially if you're in the beginning of your teaching career i wouldn't stress about this especially but spotify has so many pre-made playlists that you can have access to if you pay for premium and they're all really really good um, if you're a new teacher use your energy towards your your practicing teaching not so much making playlists um, flow at home, teach your friends, film yourself at home, write out postures that you that you want to work on, that you need more cues for, make a skeleton sequence, make five skeleton sequences. Like these are things that you can do to prepare for your class. Um, one, you know, these are the questions that you should ask yourself when you're making your own like skeleton sequence and, and the way that you teach. 
how would you like the practice to be? Like if you walk into a class, how do you like to warm up? And what postures do you love when you go to a class and the teacher calls them out? What kind of flows and sequences do you enjoy? And, and what postures do you like put together and threaded together? Chances are, if you're teaching a class that you would love to take, the student is also going to love to take it. So when I go into my class, I'm teaching a class that I wish I could go take. And there's sometimes when I like am done teaching and I'm like, damn, I really wish that I could have fucking taken that class because like, look at all these people feeling so good. Like that sequence was just so perfect. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's that's really important. Um, when you are ready to make your own playlist, look at them as the progression of the class. So unless you're putting your playlist on shuffle, which, which I do sometimes, that's basically just like letting the universe take over. And I like doing that sometimes. Um, it's fun for me um, because I can handle teaching while walking over to the phone and hitting next or choosing a different vibe and a, pl- and a playlist. But in the beginning of teaching, that probably wouldn't have been a good idea and it would have felt way too distracted. So in the beginning of your class, you want it to be like five minutes of chill music, the warm up, you know, then from five minutes to the 35 minute mark, you should have it be more progressive, more upbeat, especially for power and vinyasa classes. You want a few songs of of a slow flow, maybe a song for core, then another couple songs for a hip sequence, then maybe a balancing sequence. Like that's the beauty of teaching yoga. Most studios give you the freedom. And if the studio wants a certain sequence or a, a certain style taught, then, I, then that actually makes it easier for you to make a playlist catered around that style. Um, if you want the class to be giving you more energy, then you might as well put on a, a higher energy song. I mean, you can't expect the class to be like doing all these crazy flows and stuff when we're listening to like gongs and fucking meditation music. You know, like that's like a huge pet peeve of mine. It's like if the teacher is expecting us to do like yogi push-ups and side plank and this and that, it's like then put on some fucking music for us to do this shit to. You know what I mean? Like you got to give them, you got to give them that energy. You got to give it to them. Um, I like to have more upbeat class, more upbeat music, um, like pretty lights or, or electronic, bassy, lo-fi. It really depends on my mood. Um, and if you want to follow me on Spotify, I have all of my playlists for free. They're public and you just type in Gab Cohen and my photo is there. I have like tons of playlists there and they're all like named and they have emojis and stuff like that. So you can get a vibe for what kind of music it is. Download them. Follow me on Spotify. Um, all my students follow me on Spotify and they fucking love it. Um, towards the end, choose a genre of chill music again so that you can end the class in a nice, relaxed, smooth way. I usually like to keep my music on really, really low, even after Shavasana. And why do I do this? Okay. I feel like it sort of keeps the room at a comfy and light frequency rather than just letting the music turn off and then all of a sudden it's silence and buzzing and breath and like coming out of shavasana and like maybe you hear the fans in the room or you you hear people outside or you hear cars it's like that's kind of lame you know what i mean i mean i'm sure that most teachers don't have music when they come out of shavasana but i personally do and i've seen i've seen how the class reacts to it and i like it um, that's just me. So I, I choose to have a really chill song on a very, very soft volume so that when people come out of it and then I say, you know, my little bit at the end, namaste, thank you so much, then people are cleaning up and putting their mats away and it's not silent in the room. You know what I mean? Like, and even when, when people are putting their mats away and stuff, I'll get up and I'll turn up the music so people feel like they still have this privacy and they they kind of feel like the good vibe that's still in the class. I don't want to be like wiping down my sweaty mat and putting my mat away in, in silence. 
like i don't know it maybe that's just me but i i need the vibe to keep flowing you know what i mean so yeah it's gotten to the point where i feel like i teach on autopilot and it's a good thing i don't plan my classes anymore i i i like going into it with just an organic way of teaching um, and I never know if the class is going to be big or small or medium-sized. So it's just fun. It's like you never know what's going to happen. And it's fun to not have a plan sometimes. Um, you know, last thing is energy after the class. So sometimes there's going to be classes that you feel physically exhausted. Even if you're just walking around the room and you're in comfy clothes you know, you'd be surprised how intense that you can feel after teaching a class. You can feel very drained. It's constant speaking. It's constant energy. It's like you might feel wiped after a class. And if that's happening to you, there is a way to close yourself off in a spiritual, professional way so that people do not overwhelm you with coming up to you and talking to you about personal things after the class is done. Because you know, there's been lots of times that like 10 people want to come up to me and talk about their stories or their traumas. And maybe I'm just having like a really drained day or maybe I just want to go home and eat and shower. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm just feeling crappy um, after that natural high. You know, you're going to feel like, OK, I got to get out of here. I got shit to do. I you got to you got to go home. You can't you can't linger around for an hour. That's just too much. It's too much. Um, so there's some days that I need to to choose to put myself in a spiritual bubble and you know there's nothing wrong with that if you're feeling like you need to go and leave the class and go and center yourself and ground yourself after that intense energy class then politely let the students know after class that you're heading out that you will see them soon let them know your schedule and thank you so much for your energy. Uh, have a good night, guys. Make sure you stay hydrated. Hope to see you on Friday night at 6 p.m. Um, good night. Love you guys. That's what I say. And it's like, obviously, people are going to get the hint and they're not going to run up to you and like start talking to you about something serious. Like people who do yoga are are good at reading energy and vibes. Even if it's their first class, they're going to get it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually very empower, empowering and professional to, to do that. And people are going to respect you. Um, now, of course, it's, it's not cool to do that every class. Like, you definitely want to make connections and vibe with your students. Um, but it's when it's necessary to leave and you have shit to do or you have an exam or you have work or you have to go to sleep early that night and you just really want to get out of there, then by all means, get out of there in a professional way. So that was a lot of information and I hope that you guys took notes. If not, go back in the episode and take some fucking notes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. I know it was a lot of information and I hope that I covered every angle that I could about sequencing and music and all that good stuff. If you have more questions about anything teaching yoga related, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is gypsyloveflow, all one word, G-Y-P-S-Y-L-O-V-E. F-L-O-W, Gypsy Love Flow. Um, It would mean the world to me if you rated and reviewed and left me a review and subscribed because the more subscribers and the more reviews that I have, then the podcast will grow and more people will, will see it when they go on to the podcast app and start searching for apps. It'll, it'll come up a lot easier um, if it has more reviews and stuff like that. So that means the world to me. Um, screenshot it if you love this episode. Share it with your friends and family. Tag me on Instagram. And um, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about it. You can also email me. I'll put my email in the show notes. 
um, and then let me know how your teaching is going. Uh, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your energy exchanges. I want to hear how you're doing. Um, did my tips and tricks help? I hope they do. Um, anyways, good luck with everything, and we'll talk soon. Later. Take a